Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. 1 Peter 5 is where we are, and I'll be conscious of time. 1 Peter chapter 5 is where we are today. The series is my favorite passages. We have spent two weeks in 1 Peter 5. After spending two weeks in James 1, three weeks in Joshua 1. And today I want to talk to you uh, as we continue these scriptures. We're just going right down through these scriptures. We talked about chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 last time. We talked about how spiritual leadership is called out from <coughs> by God. How we in spiritual leadership, verse 3, are to be examples to the flock. Don't forget who was, who was writing this. Who was the human author that the Holy Spirit used to write this? What was his name? Did he ever mess up? Was he ever a bad example? Did he ever lie? Did he ever lose his temper and let some stuff out of his mouth he didn't want to? Yes or no? Yes. But what does God say in, ver in chapter 5 and verse 1? He is a fellow elder of the sufferings of Christ. So I want to tell you as an elder of the church, I'm not so proud of all my decisions. I'm not so proud of all my words and thoughts and motives. But I want you to recognize that Part of being in spiritual leadership is not that you get everything right, but that you're quick to repent and ask for forgiveness. Amen? Let's go on to verse 5. Younger people, submit yourselves to those who are spiritually older, that is your elders. Yes, all of you be subject to one another. We talked about that. Be clothed with humility. God Resist the proud. God is going to get into a place of resistance towards me if I harbor pride in my heart. Pride is self-sufficiency. It's independence. It's disobedience. And however that manifests itself, self-sufficiency, independence, disobedience. But God not only resists the proud, but he gives grace charis in the Greek. He gives favor and ability to the humble. Therefore, verse 6, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Why does God resist the proud? Remember what we said last time? The character of God is agape, is love. 1 John 4, God is love. Understand that the opposite of love is pride. It's self-sufficiency, independence, disobedience. Understand also that according to what we read and studied in Proverbs, last time, Proverbs 16, 18, that pride goes before destruction 
and a haughty spirit before a fall. So if God is love, wouldn't it make sense that he would resist us if pride goes before a fall? Wouldn't it make sense that God would get involved and resist us if he saw we were heading to a fall? Therefore, verse 6, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Everybody say this with me. As of today, I am going to stop praying that God would humble me. That's not a good prayer. What does the Word say? Humble yourself. Humble yourselves. To humble yourself doesn't mean to beat yourself up or tear yourself down. To humble yourself means that you admit that you are totally dependent on the Lord. How often do you say to the Lord, I recognize I don't have a breath, I don't have a heartbeat, I am nothing and could do nothing apart from you. That's not a popular deal, but it's true. I am totally dependent on you, Lord. I admit my total dependency on the Lord. And secondly, if I humble myself, I submit my plans, my desires, my timing to the Lord. I am willing to yield preference. Now, I don't yield principle, but I'm willing to yield preference. To the Lord, to those the Lord has put into my life. And I'm also willing to recognize that His timing is perfect and mine is not. That's part of humbling ourselves. We just read God gives grace, favor, and ability is what the word grace means. God gives favor to the humble, so wouldn't it be accurate to say that humbling ourselves puts us in position to receive God's favor? Verse 6 says, if you will do that, if you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Can I ask you something? Who is greater than the mighty hand of God? Who has more authority than the mighty hand of God? Can God change that which man does? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, so what? That He may exalt you, promote you, lift you up, put you in that place where He wants you to be in due time. In due time. Everybody understand this. That God is all about seasons. Let me read to you the prayer of Daniel in chapter 2 and verse 20. Daniel said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His, verse 21. And He, God, changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. Hallelujah. God changes times and seasons. 
And I say therefore to you today, those of you who have walked in humble obedience to me, those of you who have prayed, those of you who have suffered, I have seen your cries in the middle of the night. And I say to you today, there is going to come a new season for you. I will intervene. I will change the season of your mourning into dancing. You will laugh and you will praise me. The time of your release is coming. Behold, it is I, saith the Lord, who will change the seasons of your life. Would somebody give the Lord praise and thanks for his word. Oh, hallelujah. I praise you, oh God. Thank you, mighty Jesus, for that word. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Wait on his timing. He will exalt you in due time. What is due time, Pastor? Due time is the right time, the, the perfect time. And it is the time that he has appointed. And that's the reason it is the right time. Remember, God seems to never be in a hurry, but he's never late either due time. Well, let's take a look here. Casting all your care. Now, wait a minute now. Have you ever seen that there's no period at the end of verse 6? Some translations may put it there, but it doesn't seem that there is one. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Do you understand that the specific instructions of humbling ourselves right here is not to carry our own worries and cares? Wait a minute now. How would humbling myself have to do with refusing to carry my own worries and cares? Because if I refuse to release my worries and cares to him, I am saying I am perfectly willing to handle this myself. Or I am saying, I don't like what I think you're going to do. I'm going to establish my own agenda. Humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God is related to casting our worries, fears, and anxieties over on the Lord. Now why is that? Because it proves if I am worried, fearful, and anxious, it proves that I still believe that the final result is up to me instead of to God. Everybody say this with me. Holy Spirit, don't let me forget that I am in process. Final results are not up to me. That's in your hands. See, I'm process man. I'm to hear God's word. I'm by, the, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, I'm to obey. But I am not to continue to hold on to and insist on my own agenda. I have to trust God to that point to where I release the final results into him. How you do it, when you do it, what you do with it, it is in your hands. And to the extent that I don't trust him, that extent I'm going to carry worry, fear, and anxiety. 
Now let's look at the word care there in the passage. This is an interesting translation in this verse because care is used twice, but they're two different Greek words in the text translated in the English, care. Casting all your care, marimna in the Greek, and it has to do that which, with that which divides the mind, that which distracts, that which impedes what God wants to do. The one who cares for you perfectly, our own worry, fear, and anxiety impedes what he wants to do. Humbling ourselves is being willing. Verse 7, here are specific instructions. Cast all your worry, fear, and anxiety about the final result onto Him. It's not only what He commands, but it just makes spiritual sense. If I'm carrying my worries, I'm acting like I'm in control. If I'm carrying my worries, I am acting like I am responsible for the final result. Can I ask you something? Can you make people do business with you? Can you make customers like you and write orders with you? Can you make the government lower your taxes? Can you make your children, can you make your grown children make the choices you want them to make? Can you make people come to your church? Can you make the disease that you're fighting, can you make it go away? For you or those you love? Can you make people stop attacking you or those you love? So you're not in control of a lot, are you? Where does worry come in? When I try to take responsibility to make something happen that I have no control over. Stress, worry, and anxiety is something I am trying to make happen that I have no ability to make happen. Boy, is this a fight, right? You don't just read a little devotional and a poof, now you're cured. No, this is an ongoing battle, isn't it? Notice, okay, what's the consequences of me carrying my own care? It means that I am not humbling myself under the mighty hand of God, which means I can't receive the favor and ability I need to get promoted and lifted up. It's not sounding so good, is it? You know, we tend to think that 
Carrying our own cares and worries are, is so natural, everybody does it, that it's okay that God gives us a pass, that it is an option. But this is, the, this is a command from the Word of God to me and to you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, which means you have got to place the final results into His hands. When you do that, when you humble yourself, He will exalt you. He will promote you. There are so many things that we want and expect and think we have to have, but how many of you know that we don't have the power to bring about the final results? This is an ongoing fight of faith. God will give us the grace to do it. You know what it means? It means that you have got to take a strong, aggressive approach to fighting worry, fear, and anxiety, that which divides and competes in your mind. It means you have got to do what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us, and that is to cast, to bring every thought into subjection. Using the, the resources of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the reinforcement of those around you that God's put in your life to pray with you and for you. It means that you need to get into a place of praise. Praise releases your faith and trust. It builds it and it breaks the grip of worry, fear, and anxiety. Understand, verse 7, you can cast all your care upon him because why? He cares for you. Now the word for worry, fear, and anxiety translated care is merimna, but the word about his care for you is melo in the Greek, and it means that he has your best interest in his heart. Wow. Your best interest in his heart. So how can I cast all my worry, fear, and anxiety onto him? You see, if I don't cast my worry, fear, and anxiety, my cares, I really don't believe he has my best interest at heart. I still think I can do a better job of bringing those to pass. How many of you know that one of the greatest enemies of our own faith and trust is we have an image that if I don't get it my way, then this is what's going to happen. And, that, and for that reason, I am reluctant many times to cast my worry, fear, and anxiety on him. But you, people say, well, you have to do that in blind faith. It's not blind faith. You got all the evidence in the world from the Word of God that he cares for you intimately and personally and wants nothing but your best. Besides that, I know this, that whatever I see today, if I can see it, it's subject to change. God is at work to will and to do of his good pleasure. Well, I've got more to say, but I'm going to stop here today, and I'm going I'm to continue this next week because, listen, let me tell you something. If you are walking around with worry, fear, and anxiety, you have become very attractive to the devil. 
Where'd you get that? Well, the next few verses that I don't have time to go into today. Let's all stand. Would you pray this with me if it reflects the attitude of your heart today? Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your holy word. I'll receive that word today. As an act of my will, I'll humble myself under your mighty hand. I admit to you that everything that I am and all that I have comes from you. I am totally dependent on you for everything in my life. Therefore, I say to you, as an act of my will, I trust you today based on your word, based on your track record, based on the faith you've given me. And I hereby declare that this is the day that I am declaring war on worry, fear, and anxiety. I recognize that if I'm carrying worry, that I am not humbling myself. I am acting like I'm in control of something over which I have no control. But I have control over this. I will choose to believe you, to submit to you, to love you, to praise you, to obey you by your grace. And I believe that right now you are out there at work for my highest and my best. I believe nothing is impossible for you. I believe right now you are working in my customers, in my clients, in those who have decisions as it relates to me. I believe that you're at work for my best interest. And so therefore, again, I say, I humble myself under your mighty hand, knowing that you care for me like no one else. In Jesus' name, I thank you today that you're going before me, with me, and behind me, and that you will prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, all right, we'll see you next week. God bless you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.